I'm John Smith with Kingdom Real, and today I have my guest, my good friend, Pastor Stan Johnson. So excited to have you again, Stan, and we're looking forward to this part two of what we started before. And this time I'd like to tell you to tell the story of how you got involved in um, what's now called Joseph's Kitchen. I'm sure there's a backstory. And so why don't you start us there and just walk us through the process of what you learned, what you experienced. I'm so pleased that you're asking me to talk on this. Because normally I never get to tell about how I got started in these. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, most people just want, just give me the facts or just give me, <laughs> right. the, facts, just give me the facts. So, uh, but I've got an interesting story on this one too. <clears throat> so I uh, ask people in Prophecy Club to send me emails at askstan at prophecyclub.com. <laughs> and they send me the emails of the things that we're talking about in the world that are related to Bible prophecy, then they send me news articles and YouTube things and links. Mm-hmm. And Anyway, so I got this one and it said, go listen to this. Well, I get between five and, and eight hours of links to YouTubes and other things wow. daily. <laughs> so That's I ask people to, can you tell me what it's about? Right. And can you give me a time code? And I'll email back and say, this is 90 minutes. And there's, in the time has passed, I would watch it for 90 minutes and blink my eyes and say, wonder what, what the one point? Is. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. So I ask him, okay, what am I supposed to see? And can you give me a time code where it starts? Because mm-hmm. I can't take 90 minutes out of my day right. to watch everything that everybody sends me. So <clears throat> this one guy says, says, watch this. It is just a link. I email him back and I said, well, what's it talking about? And can you give me a time code? He just emailed back and said, just watch it. I thought, all right. (laughs) So I thought, well, I'll just skip through it, right? Okay. Click, click, click about every five minutes. Well, I got in about the second click, and this lady is talking in front of her church. And she said something that caught my attention. I thought, whoa, wait a minute. Let me back up. Mm -hmm. And I actually wound up watching it two or three times. And she was talking about the benefits of bread. And I thought, don't we buy that in the stores? But no, we don't buy that in the stores. Not like this. As a matter of fact, there's a reason you can't buy it in the stores. And she explained that. In 1860, they had a problem. Matter of fact, all the years before 1860, they had a problem. Mm. Because when they would grind the wheat, so try to imagine a, a, a wheat berry. That's what they call it. They don't call it right. a seed, though it is. Mm-hmm. They refer to it as wheat berries. The wheat berry, try to think of it as an egg. As long as it's in the shell, it doesn't go bad. But mm. as soon as you break the shell, then it goes bad. That's the case with okay. uh, eggs. You, you, they go bad when you break the shell. But, but wheat doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically saying is, as long as it's still a wheat berry, it'll keep for years. They pulled wheat berries out of the pyramid, some 3,000 years old, and they still grew. Mm. So, but she said, if if you break that shell, in other words, once you turn it into flour, You've got yeah, 10, 14 days on the outside till this begins mm. to spoil. So if you have bought bread in the store and it says whole wheat bread, or you bought it someplace in one of the restaurants that says whole wheat bread, it's not real whole wheat bread because it can't be because it goes bad in 10 to 14 days. Yeah. That means you've got to get the wheat berries, grind them into flour, and make the bread. So she began to explain a little bit about how she did it. And I thought, yeah, okay. It's interesting. Let's try it out. So I went to our website and I bought 
a meal. Now, this is, it looks about the twice the size, maybe a little bit bigger than a typical coffee pot. And you put in four cups of the wheat berries in the top, push a button. 30 seconds later, you've got this big, well, three pounds of flour. And then, uh, now I didn't know about the, the bread machine at that time. I, so, and I didn't know about kneading. I didn't understand about kneading. <laughs> anyway, so I went through, I followed a recipe. I did what was told. And by the way, my wife, mm-mm. Not me. This was your project. Yeah. Exactly what she said. Your project. I don't know how to cook. I'm not a cook. But once again, stupid Stan, I didn't understand that God had his hand on this. Mm. So I need, I needed the bread. Okay. It takes about 50 folds. You push it, you fold it, push it, pull it, pull it mm. 50 times with the yeast and all the proper ingredients in there. And then rolled it out and we put it in some, what looked like bread pans. Okay. And it didn't rise right because we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know you're supposed to let it rise twice. You know, we tried to follow the instructions. I say we, me. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> but anyway, we got bread. It wasn't the very best bread, but we got bread. So after it came out of the oven, we cut it and we thought, wow, this is good. The, mm. This is real. I mean, I, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm 68 years old. It's the first time in my life I've tasted real bread. Mm. That's shocking. And she says, well, if you're going to do this thing, you better order a bread machine because I'm not going to be involved in kneading bread and all this other sort of stuff. And I said, well, that sounds a pretty good idea to me. Yeah. So I went back to the website and I ordered a bread machine. Well, bread, bread machine came in, and then I began to order all the ingredients and everything. I began to start making, well, with the bread machine. Bread machine knew how to make bread. Stan Johnson didn't. There you go. Got to get the right tools. <laughs> so, so I started making bread. And, man, when it came out of that bread machine, piping hot, put a little bit of warm butter on there, man. And there are very few things in life that taste better than real homemade Ooh. From the berries to the flour to the bread machine, push a button. Two hours, 20 minutes later, it does all the work for you. And you've got nice, hot, piping, wonderfully tasting bread. Mm. As a matter of fact, it's so good to where even my wife, which is, uh, I don't hear as good as she does. I don't taste as good or I don't smell as good as she She mm. has an amazing smell. It's almost as good okay. as a dog, you know. And very, very good. But but she's very picky about what she eats. But she <laughs> likes this bread. Well, well. She, <laughs> she began to tell me, okay, put a little bit more honey in this one. I like a little, don't put it. And so she's actually telling me how to make it now. And I don't have to encourage her. I mean, she went in, she had breakfast and lunch today, for example, went in and made her piece of toast. You just take a piece of bread, put it in the toaster, comes out, put a little butter on it, or We've like we like butter on it better better than uh, the the cream the the cream mm -hmm. spread. We, we, you know the, the you know the cream spread. Yep. But you put all kinds of things on it, and you can make it all kinds of ways, including putting like raisins in it mm -hmm. or cinnamon and honey. I you know I started experimenting. Now I made about sixty loaves. Okay, so here's what I discovered. I did some research on it. <clears throat> you remember Jesus said that. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Well, I thought that that meant that we should just know the word of God. But what I didn't see in it until I got involved in this bread thing is that it's actually saying, apparently, 
in the day of Jesus, in his day, most people were pretty much living off of just bread. And he was telling them, don't just live off of bread, guys. Okay. And that's true. It's not 100% diet, but it's pretty close. As you recall, in the days of Joseph and the pyramids, you remember in the Pharaoh, remember that there was seven years of plenty. Right. Had to store up 20% of it. And then there was seven years of famine. And the seven years of famine ate up all of the seven years of plenty. That means the world lived off of wheat. It wasn't rice. It wasn't beans. It was wheat. For seven years, the whole world ate pretty much nothing but wheat. And I think what happens the first year when there was a drought, they planted what seeds they had left. They didn't come up. Second year, now they're out of the seeds. So they had to go over the Pharaoh and they had to buy wheat, not to plant, but to just live on. They didn't know it was seven years of plenty. They just figured they would probably come back next year, but they knew that they couldn't plant this year. It's not any rain. So they went and bought more uh, wheat. And probably they traded in like cattle and their sheep and their goats. Mm. But the third year, they went and they said, uh, 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 we don't have anything. Well, how about your lands? So they traded their lands. Somewhere in the fourth year, they said, well, uh, we'll work for food. Like the sign they hold up side the, the road, right, yeah. and that's where all of the slavery and the pyramids came from. All mm. of this magnificent, all of the wealth of the whole world came into Egypt. Why? Because that's where that the food. Jews were. He was mm-hmm. doing that to bless the Jews. Right. Well, now as of September the sixth <clears throat> of 2021, we are now in a seven-year famine, according to the story of the two cows. If this is a prophecy, and I personally believe it is, two cows were born on, if I have to do this from memory, but I believe it was September 25th of 2014, okay. which is a Shemitah. Now, Shemitah only comes around every seven years. Mm-hmm. It's on the Feast of Trumpets. happens once every seven years. Right. And these, both of these cattle, one was born the day before, one was born the day of, but they were both released to the public on a Shemitah. I recognize that is very important. Now, the interesting part about the cattle is one was black and white, one was solid red. The black and white had a pristine seven right across its forehead. Mm. Right, Pristine, perfect. I mean, there was not any white hairs in the black. There was not any black hairs in the white. It was wow. like the hand of God drew it on that cow's mm. form. Now, the black and white means, well, when your books are in the black, maybe you're in good shape. The white means that some people didn't get that blessing, but it's saying that there's a time of blessing coming. Some get it, some don't. Mm-hmm. Then the red cow, well, this has seven right across the forehead too. So what are the chances two cows get released mm-hmm. to the public on a Shemitah, both with a seven right across their forehead? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an accident. Right. The second seven on the red cow was not nice and typewriter and pristine, mm-hmm. kind of a squibbled seven. And I think the prophecy is saying that there's seven years of Plenty, starting September the 25th, maybe it was September 14th, on the Shemitah of 2014, seven years later of 2021, was the seven years of famine. So I started telling people, if that's a prophecy, and I believe it is, Mm. and seven years of famine started on September 25th of 2021. And all right, now I need to talk to you about the wheat. Uh, (laughs) Kind of got a subject here. 
what I discovered is that wheat may be the most perfect human food mm. because I noticed that when I eat it, not only do I feel better, but I play racquetball twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday evenings. And, of course, as an old man of 68, playing a bunch of guys 40 and 50 years old, I'm constantly trying to keep up, and I don't do it. I get mm -hmm. run all over all the time. <laughs> I try. But I, so in the, in the process of trying to keep up with these guys, I've tried all kinds of sports drinks and potions, uh -huh. potions and pills and, you know, <laughs> rev me up and get me going, right? Yeah. Well, when I started making this bread, I was hungry one time, so I grabbed a slice of it, and I ate it on the way to go play racquetball. I ran like the wind. I mean, I literally felt like Popeye. I felt like I had more strength. <laughs> Throw away the spinach, eat bread. <laughs> I mean, literally, I felt more strength. Um, even the guys were remarking, man, what's into you tonight? I mean, you, you played really good tonight. Yeah, well, I felt like I was 20 years old again. Mm -hmm. I was. I was running, chasing that ball every place. Well, I didn't understand that in wheat, it not only has vitamin B, which is the primary thing that gives us strength and energy, and I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just giving you my understanding of this. Mm -hmm. And then vitamin E. Well, vitamin E is what is made in our uh, primarily of our skin, a lot of nutrient for our skin. Right. And I noticed that I used to always have to wear, I, I could, I'm touching it right there. There's my, my hand cream. I used to have to always put on hand cream because my, my skin was getting dry. You know, you get a little mm -hmm. older. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Yeah. I'm 69, so I'm a year ahead of you. <laughs> my, my granddaughter comes in and her, her hands are like flypaper. You know, they stick, you know, they pick up anything, pick up paper. Uh, Hoppy, why do you have to put that on your fingers? We're talking about, you know, the, <laughs> the sticky stuff, you know, so you can turn the page. I said, well, when you get older, your hands don't grip as well because your skin dries out. Well, I've noticed since eating bread, I'm not always having to put on hand cream all the time. And I also noticed this lady was talking in the church, even though she was like in her early 60s, no wrinkles. No wrinkles on this lady. So because, and also a lot of people say that warts fall off when they start eating bread. Also, when they, in 1960, and go back to my 1860 story, I got off. <clears throat> in 1860, uh, they discovered that if they take away the endosperm, and, and in other words, the kind of like the egg yolk of mm -hmm. the berry, if they take away the outside, like the shell, if they take away that and just use the white part, then that doesn't spoil. Right. Hey, man, we can have flour that doesn't spoil. So they package it up. That would allow them to put it in stores and sell it and all kinds of wonderful things. But guess what they took away? All the food value. The nutrition. <laughs> yeah. So then they started noticing the kids are starting to come down with ADHD and all kinds of other problems because they weren't getting what was in the bread. Mm. So the government came out and said, oh, you got to start putting enriched with niacin and then enriched with this and enriched with that. So then mankind started trying to put back in things mm. that mankind had removed. Well, why don't right. we just do it the way God said we're supposed to do it? Why don't we just grind the wheat berries, put them into a, a bread machine, push a button. Two hours, 20 minutes later, we have a nice, hot three-pound loaf of bread that is mm. wonderful tasting. I should have brought a, uh, a slice in here to show you. <laughs> But it's about the, your typical, the big size loaf of bread, mm -hmm. those are one-pound loaves. What we make right. are three-pound loaves. Mm. And they're not only better tasting, but they're better for you. And they last 10 to 14 days. Okay. And you don't put them in the refrigerator. You put them in a bread box. Just keep the light off. Keep the, the air in so it doesn't dry out. And you got bread pretty much ready anytime you want to for the next 10 to 14 days. Right. So it's wonderful. Anyway, now... <clears throat> 
there's lots of benefits to eating bread, lots of them. I also noticed that if I eat one about like a late morning and then another one in an afternoon, I can I can survive on two slices. You slice the three pound uh, loaf of bread into 14 slices. So that means one loaf of bread will feed one person for one week. Let me say it again. One loaf of bread feeds one person for one week. And the actual cost of the ingredients that you get from Joseph Kitchen to make a loaf of bread is in the ballpark of about $4. Wow. What? You can feed a person for $4 for a week? Yep, with bread. Oh, here's another thing. You can feed a person for a year for about $500. Mm. I'm talking about just the ingredient cost. Just the ingredients, yeah. Just the ingredients. Because you still got to have the machines. You got to have the milk. But once you buy those, they last for years. Okay, Mm -hmm. years, years, years. So... In terms of actual food cost, actual food costs were in the ballpark of $500 a year for a person, including the machine cost. We, we like to call it about $1,000 a year. Okay, so if you go to josephskitchen.com, you'll see that there's a few squares there. You go to shop, and the first one is the machines. You need a machines package, but you only need it once because it'll last years and years. And in the machines package, that gives you the meal, so you put the four cups of berries in the meal. 30 seconds later, you have flour. Then you put the flour into the bread machine along with the other ingredients, push about two hours, 20 minutes later, you have a nice hot steaming uh, bread, uh, loaf of bread. That's the machine's package. Next thing, then you have to choose, okay, how much food do I want to have? Do I want to have food for one person for one year, two people one year, four people one year, or six people one year? You can choose any one of those packages. Now, here's the interesting part of this. If you go to most of these long-term storage, emergency food, survival packages of places, you'll find that most of those places cost between nine and $10,000 a year per person. That's nine or $10,000 for one person for one year. You got that? Nine or $10,000, one person, one year. At Joseph's Kitchen, you can feed two people for a year, including the machines package, for about $2,000. What? Yeah, it's about $1,000 a year for two people. That's that's reason so many people go in there because I think it's God's famine food. It's God's way to provide for his people. If we're right, <clears throat> that if we really are very close to the tribulation, and I believe we are, I believe that's the reason God has raised up Joseph's kitchen so that his people can have reasonably priced food that does not require refrigeration, with one exception, the uh, the the than should, but doesn't have to, but it should be kept in the refrigerator so it'll last longer, and also the yeast once it's open. Now, before it's open, it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Okay. So there's a little bit of refrigerator requirement, but those, in terms of actual eating, you don't have to have either one of those. The only thing you have to have is the wheat berries. And you can even put those in like water, so we're told, and let it soak overnight and eat it like cereal the next day. So at the end of the day, the whole objective is to eat wheat. But I believe Joseph's Kitchen, which apparently is about the only one in the, the world that is offering it this way, at least this is what everybody's telling us. We never heard of this before. Joseph's Kitchen is showing you a way for about $1,000 a year per person you can feed people good, wholesome, healthy, better than, I mean, how long can you live off macaroni and cheese? Okay. 
And that's what a lot of the long-term storage places give mm -hmm. you for your nine or $10,000 a year. Whereas what we give you is Joseph's food, josephskitchen.com. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were to kind of summarize your journey and to give people who are listening a message of hope, based on all you've studied, all you've learned, Prophecy Club, Joseph's Kitchen, your own life, what would be your message of hope you'd like to share with the world today? I think if we're, if our objective is to try to live a long time, wrong attitude. If our objective is to try to live the good life of America, of the days of past, we're going to get disappointed. Okay. If our objective is to serve the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, if our objective is to win souls, to see as many people get to heaven, then right. the days of rejoicing are about to arrive. Because right now, Americans are fat and happy, and they don't think that they need just Jesus, don't need to go to church, don't need to read their Bible. We're doing just fine. So God is going to take the just fine away. And as the trouble hits, there's going to be a lot of people that didn't think they need Jesus. They're going to start asking questions. They're going to start looking. What in the world is going on? Well, that's where God has hidden some of his apostles and prophets and watchmen that are going to rise up and say, I'll tell you. Here's what's really happening. And then when you start, especially if you've already been telling beforehand, yeah, maybe the window shade comes down. Maybe they delete the email. <laughs> but if you start telling them now this okay. is coming, then when it, well, here, let me give you an example. <clears throat> I walked in the office and the secretary's name was Elsie. And she says, uh, have you been hearing that there is a, 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 a revelation going on in, in Romania? See, because that's one of the things Dimitri had told me riding around. He said, mm -hmm. told him before the trouble started, the uh, revolution, there would be a revolution in Romania. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I did tell you that. And she says, okay, what else did you say? And I remember the morning when I sat up in bed about 830 in the morning, I'm watching CNN in those days. It was, well, at least we thought it was good news. Mm -hmm. That's back in 1982. And it said Romania is having revolution. By that time, my phone rang. My mom calling from Texas said, uh, are you watching the news? I said, yes, I am. She's about the Romanian revolution. I said, yes, I am. She said, didn't you tell me that was coming? I said, yes, I did. She says, okay, tell me again. What else did you say? See, there's about to be a whole bunch of that. A lot of people didn't think they need Jesus. I'm about to start searching for him. A lot of people didn't need Jesus, didn't need church, didn't need Bible. But they're about to start searching. And that's our our hope lies in Jesus. Mm. There's, there's no other way to put it. Well, what we've got to do, maybe I should talk about that. What we've got to do mm. is start coming out of the world. <sighs> okay. I was nudged to say this. So probably 25 years ago, I was. Uh, it kept coming to my heart that I needed to get alone and pray. Mm. All right, all right, fine. So at the evening, I got done scratching my wife to sleep. Bad <laughs> <laughs> habit, her mother put her in hand, and it was handed over to me. So I scratched her to sleep. I got up out of bed, and I went and started praying. Well, that was 25 years ago, and ever since then, every night, whether I'm on the road, the only place I don't is if I'm on an airplane or something like that. But outside of that, every night for some 25 years, I go in, get on my knees, and I worship God. Mm. This is not praying for my congregation. 
This is not praying. This is not begging. God, give me, give me, give me. This is worship. This is not even praise. I go in to worship my God. Praise is telling God what he does and that you love him for it. Worship is telling God who he is and that you love him for it. So I go in and I worship my God. For example, one of the, the parts that I use is great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. From one new moon to another, one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before thee. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You threw the stars into place with your finger. You called them by name. You have the keys of hell and death. And one of these days, I want to be there to see you. Brought before the Ancient of Days at the marriage supper of the Lamb, where you're given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. For your dominion is an everlasting dominion, and your kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. That's only part of it. I'm going to worship my God and tell him just how awesome he is. And as a result of that, when I take care of his kingdom, guess what? He takes care of me. Mm-hmm. So my hope is, I hope that everyone listens to this, comes out of the world, stops any little secret sin that might be going on, no matter how small, and builds a prayer closet. Keep praying, Lord, show me what I need to do to please you. Show me what I need to do to be prepared. One of the things I recommend you do is go to Joseph's Kitchen and get you at least a two-for-one. And if you have a mom and dad in there, you want a two-for-one. If you got a couple of kids, then you probably want a four-for-one. Because what God has laid on my heart is, Joseph's Kitchen is to get food to God's people so they don't have to take the mark of the beast. I'll say it this way. If someone were to say, if they were to ask you, what's the most important thing in the world? If you knew, if you were to say to someone, if you knew the most important thing in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you, would you tell them? Let me say it again. If you if you had to tell someone the most important thing in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you, would you still tell them? Well, I believe your answer is probably yes. Okay, then that brings the next question. Okay, what's the most important thing in the world? Well, after receive Jesus, the answer would be don't take the mark of the beast. Because if you take the mark of the beast, you do not get soul death. You are tossed into the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone with the beast, the false prophet, and then a thousand years later, Lucifer's tossed in with them. And you're tormented. Now, what's torment? Torment is try to imagine the most excruciating pain as if you were thrown into a fire and you cannot escape that fire. Mm-hmm. You cannot remove that, that pain. That's torment. They're tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels. Well, I'll, I'll give you that verse. It says, the angel flying through the midst of heaven, crying with a loud voice, if any man take the mark, or, or his image, or worship the... If any man receive his mark and his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God that is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he should be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb, and there should be, and their smoke ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Meaning, don't take that mark of the beast. By having enough food on hand, ideally to last seven years, having enough food on hand 
will give you the options, hopefully, to not take that mark of the beast. There will be pastors out there will say, oh, well, that couldn't be God. I mean, God would never expect you to, to starve to death or for your children to starve to death. That couldn't be the mark of the beast. Go ahead and take it. Uh, wrong. That's the mark of the beast. Now, I, I can tell you what it looks like. And if you go to prophecyclub.com or better yet, go to YouTube uh, and search Prophecy Club channel, Prophecy Club channel, watch some of our videos, and you can do a search there for the mark of the beast. <clears throat> and I, I've actually in several programs showed people what the mark of the beast looks like. Mm -hmm. The number of the beast looks like a spiral. And then the mark of the beast looks like, like a sun with a hand in, in the middle of it. And it's mm -hmm. located, well, right there on the, the back in the, the, the between mm -hmm. the thumb and the first finger on the back hand. Right. And it looks like a sun. Do not take that mark of the beast. One of the ways that will help you to be strong to resist that is if you have food. That's mm -hmm. the reason I believe that God raised up Joseph Kitchen. So if you're watching this and you're thinking about getting some kind of long-term storage food, I'll send you to josephskitchen.com. Back to you. Okay. Well, thanks, Dan. Really appreciate you being with us and sharing your story and uh, the hope that the world has in Jesus Christ and uh, even the practical needs that he has a way for providing our need for food. So thank you so much. Yeah. This is John Smith saying thank you for watching Kingdom Real. We look forward to seeing you again on our next episode. God bless. God bless. I'm going to show you how I make wheat bread in about 60 seconds. Now, it actually takes two hours and 30 minutes, including organizing all of the ingredients which I have already put together. So first thing I do is I turn on the meal. I let it wind up. I put in four cups of wheat berries. That's what the wheat berries look like. They're just seeds. You can see what they look like. That takes about 30 seconds. That's turning the seeds into flour. Real flour. The way God intended it. Always let it spin up before you put the wheat in. Now to keep it a little quieter, I'm going to put the lid on. There you go. That's it. 30 seconds took four cups of wheat berries and turned it into flour. Now, I take the wheat flour right here. Nice wheat flour. I'm afraid to tip it too much, but there you go, wheat flour. This is, as it says here, water, salt, honey, olive oil, and two eggs. And this is the thermometer that is reading 100 degrees. We even send you the thermometer. Then we pour it into the bread machine. Then we pour the wheat on top. Then we put in the lecithin and the yeast. So, I have added the flour here. Now, what I do is I, first of all, I add a, 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 a tablespoon. It actually says two tablespoons. This way I do it, though. A pretty good helping spoon. And I just put that off to the side. Then I move the flour around and I dig a little pit for the yeast. And I keep the yeast in a sealed container. It goes bad if you just put in the refrigerator just uh, in the bag. So then I put a tablespoon of yeast 
right in the little grave and I cover that up and I'm done except for setting it. So now I open the bread machine. I put all of you, I'll take the thing off. I don't want to cook that. Put this in the bread machine. I already have the bread machine preset to the settings that I want. Okay. So then I push here and I go up to number 12. There. And that didn't seat good. There. 12, and then I push play or go. Two hours and 20 minutes from now, I will have a nice, hot, steaming loaf of bread. Total time, two hours, 30 minutes. My time, 10 minutes. Josephskitchen.com Josephskitchen.com It's God's famine food. It is the cheapest way that two people can live in a time of famine. Josephskitchen.com So now our bread is finished cooking, and this is what it looks like now that it is all finished cooking. And it is a perfect loaf. Then what we do is we take this loaf out, which it's too hot for me to touch, so I'm not going to take it out right now. But what we would do is put it in this bread slicer. The bread slicer comes with your mechanics package, and then you just put this in here and slice your bread like that. I also, the, the knife comes with it. We do not supply, apply the bread box, but I do recommend you have a bread box. And then what you want to do is keep your bread in the bread box like this. You want to keep the light off of it and uh, keep it moist. And I wanted to also show you what it is the difference between whole wheat bread and the stuff in the store. Okay, so this is a one pound loaf I just bought in the store. That's one pound, okay, compared to, if I can get this, three pounds. This is a three pound loaf. In other words, this actually has some weight to it. Why? Because it's not all air. It's actually nutrition. This is not, now, I want to compare one of the slices. So this is one of the slices from the nothing bread. This is one of the slices from my bread. You can see the difference. See that? Two slices of this a day sustains a person. Probably a half a loaf, probably a whole loaf every day would not sustain a person because there's nothing to it. The nutrition part of it has been taken out. So if you look at the difference here, that's the reason we say two of these kind of slices is a meal and it sustains you. Uh, so, I suggest that you take this out. Again, it's too hot for me to take out yet. I mean, I, I can dump it out, but take it out, put it in the slicer, slice it up, put it in the bread box. The bread box is not part of the mechanicals, so you have to choose one, and you'll probably have to choose a large one because it, the, the loaves that come out of this are so much larger. Anyway, so it's excellent bread. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.